Hello and welcome to the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. In this June 2013 episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about family history freebies and some of the tips, tools, and websites that will help you track them down. We will start off at the Genealogy Insider blog with managing editor Diane Haddad, who's going to give us some tricks for finding free genealogy data. And then we will jump right into our top tip segment, where I'm going to share with you some of my personal freebie favorites from my article. It's called Family History Freebies, and it appears in the May-June 2013 issue of the magazine. Then in our 101 Best Websites segment, I'm going to be chatting with William Forsythe. He's the Director of Product Management at ProQuest, and we're going to be talking about their free product called Heritage Quest Online. Then in the Family Tree University Crash Course segment, Tyler Moss, online editor at Family Tree Magazine, is going to be back to give us some more tips for getting the most from the free website, FamilySearch.org. And finally, we'll check in at the publisher's desk with Allison Dolan, publisher of Family Tree Magazine, who's going to have a very special kit to tell us about. There is a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Our first stop is the news from the blogosphere with Diane Haddad. We're going to kick off this episode with the news from the blogosphere, and here to join us to get the scoop is the Genealogy Insider blogger, Diane Haddad. Hi, Diane. Hi, Lisa. Diane, I know that you're like me, and you're willing to spend money on genealogy, on stuff that matters to you, but yes. it sure is nice to save some money when you can. And I saw that you were blogging about that subject just recently. Tell us about that. Yes, um, finding free genealogy data, and data that's that's what everybody wants. They want to find the information about their ancestors, and it is out there. Um, sometimes you have to know where to look for it, but there's definitely free data out there. Exactly, and, and really in this article, you've just bullet pointed so many great resources. What were some of your favorites from that list? Well, of course, there's Family Search. Family Search has the resources to make their information easy to find. Um, a lot of the volunteer-run sites um, don't necessarily have all those resources, so those are the right. places where you need to look a little bit harder. So, for example, the different U.S. Gen Web County sites have volunteers putting information on those sites, and you can... Um, some of the pages have searches. They also come up in Google searches. So that's another way to um, to find mentions of your ancestor. Sometimes you'll have um, a long list of transcriptions from some county record set, so you can use your browser's find function to quickly look for um, an ancestor's name on those pages. Right. That's probably one of the big differences, you know, between the page sites and ones that are um, have free information is it's that level of service, if you will, in terms of being able to navigate the site, how sophisticated the site is. So we have to do a little more digging, be a little more creative on the free sites, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're used to the um, sophisticated searches that you get with some of the paid sites. Yeah, exactly. And you've got here Google Books, one of my favorites, and Internet Archive. Um, mm-hmm. Have you found some goodies on Internet Archive? I have. They have a lot of city directories on there, and they're yeah. not indexed, so it's not something where you would search by name, but you would search for a place, a city or a county, 
and then you can look through the pages for a name. A lot of the digitized books, though, are they have um, optical character recognition. Those books will let you search by name. Yeah, that's the key. If you've got OCR, it's searchable. Boy, that's awfully nice. <laughs> and they've got even old moving images I have found, old videos, you know, um, old newsreels. And, mm-hmm. and I think you make a really good point that even though as a genealogist, we might be a little more focused on the name side of things, really when you go to sites like this, oftentimes what you're looking for are the places and the um, institutions and the businesses and the things that surrounded your ancestor. I think oftentimes we have better luck with that than just looking for individual names. Definitely. Well, all kinds of great resources here. Again, um, Diane's post is called Tricks for Finding Free Genealogy Data and falls right in line with our theme for this episode. I'm going to have a link in the show notes to the blog post. And as always, thanks so much for all the great ideas. You're welcome. everyone, it's Allison Dolan here. I'm the publisher of Family Tree Magazine, and today we're going to be turning the tables a little bit. I'm going to interview Lisa Cook, our host, about an article that she recently wrote for Family Tree Magazine on the 41 Top Family History Freebies. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Allison. Fun to be on this side of the microphone. (laughs) Indeed. Hopefully our listeners will enjoy it too. Well, as I mentioned, um, you recently wrote for us about freebies for family history, and that's, of course, the theme of our show this month. Um, I thought we could talk a little bit about some of those freebies and clue folks into some of the resources that they can take advantage of um, to advance their family history at no charge. One of my favorite subjects, because while certainly not everything in genealogy is free, it's good to know kind of what's out there and what's available. Start there and then branch out and then make your wise invent and, you know, financial investments into where you want to put your resources from there. But uh, it's always nice to know. And it's amazing how many wonderful resources there are to tap into. Definitely. So one freebie that um, people might not immediately think about is photos and graphics. For example, you may need something to illustrate your family history website or book, or even you want to get an idea of what your ancestors' lives and times were like, and you don't want to invest a lot of money into purchasing images. So could you tell us a couple of your favorites in terms of finding free images for your family history? You bet. You know, Allison, I, I think that uh, photographs is one of those areas where we really can have a lot of great success in getting a hold of free imagery because so much of what we're focused on is prior to some of the heavier duty copyright, you know, that applies to images. And it's amazing how popular it's become for websites, you know, across the internet to be posting these images, everything from universities to nonprofits to even for-profit websites who have collections that they're willing to share. And uh, I think probably one of my most favorite is the Library of Congress's American Memory Project. Um, people who have listened to my Genealogy Gems podcast know that it's a regular stop for me because they have so much, not only just photographs, but they've got really digitized ephemera. They've got the old sheet music and postcards and even like the menus digitized from some of the the cruise ships of a hundred years ago. It's amazing what you can find. And and what they're trying to do is really provide an illustration for the history of the U.S. and make it free and available 
They've done an amazing job with the volume that they've digitized. And this is all searchable. So, um, for example, we had inherited in our family a, um, an old reel-to-reel recording from back in the 1960s. And my husband's grandfather was playing music of the turn of the century that he used to play for the silent films. And as I identified the names of the songs, I would go to the American Memory Project, type in the name, and within moments be able to download the digitized original sheet music with all the beautiful Art Deco graphics on the front. And, and of course, you know, genealogy is more than names and dates. So being able to add that kind of richness and that imagery that really brings to life the, the things, the stories that we know about the ancestors, I just think that's really special. And, and these are the kind of sites that can do it for you. Um, another one in the article that I mentioned is Wikimedia Commons. They host really only free licensed photographs, illustrations. They even have sound files and other media. So you can feel very comfortable with either one of these sites. And actually all the ones I'm talking about here in the article that you can go there and you can download it and feel comfortable that you're not infringing on copyright. They have more than 16 million uploaded files and they're still working on it. And it, so it claims to be the largest um, free images only online repository. So it's one well worth checking out. Absolutely. I can tell our listeners that in terms of the Library of Congress, that's a major source for us at Family Tree Magazine. In terms of the maps and the images that you see in the magazine, we're able to mine a lot of those from the Library of Congress. I mean, it really is the repository of our nation's history. And so um, you can see that come through in the pages of our magazine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and of course, that's what helps bring it to life. And, you know, you mentioned maps. Boy, that is a wonderful keyword to toss into any of these um, online sites, you know, and find what comes up. Because, of course, maps can bring so much important information to the genealogical table. And um, they consider to be, you know, maps to be part of the whole imagery arena. So that is something also to be looking for in these sites. For sure. Well, something else that I think every genealogist also uses is different kinds of charts and forms that will help you track your research. And um, as mentioned in the article, we do have a wide selection of free forms on FamilyTreeMagazine.com. We'll share that link in the show notes, but give us a little bit of a taste of other um, free charts and forms that you recommend. You bet. And I have to say, you know, bias aside, Family Tree Magazine really did rise to the top of that list because there is so much there available that you can download for free. Uh, And of course, another one that I thought of instantly, but it wasn't as easy to find them, was at Ancestry.com. They have um, quite a few um, different forms that you can pull from. The, the challenges is that they're a little bit buried within the uh, the website. So if you follow the link that I give you in the article, it's Ancestry.com slash trees slash charts slash A-N-C-C-H-A-R-T for like Ancestry charts.aspx. I told you it was buried in there, but you'll you'll get to that page and you'll find um, research calendars and research extracts, correspondent records, um, family group sheets, all kinds of forms that you can print out and use. Another one that genealogists may not think of, but actually has a lot of wonderful sources, marthastewart.com. Oh, now, wow. I certainly visit there a lot for a lot of other items, but who knew that the queen of crafting has, she offers a decorative family tree fan chart. 
template that you can print. Um, you can fill it out. You can frame it. It's lovely. Um, you want to look under the crafts section on the website at MarthaStewart.com and then go to clip art and templates. And then one more step into memory keeping. Or you could just type family tree into the search box. But um, you're also going to find, of course, the downloadable template. You're going to get instructions for putting this together, the chart, um, plus lots of other good things. You know, she likes the good things. Um, she's got genealogy videos, keepsake crafting, and family tree display ideas. I just saw a really neat tour that she did um, of a heritage quilt museum. So uh, you wouldn't normally think of good old Martha, but that's a wonderful site for grabbing some of those freebies. What a great tip. I wouldn't have thought to look there for sure. Well, switching gears a little bit, um, tablets, something that lots of genealogists are jumping on that bandwagon. And I know like when I got my tablet, um, the, one of the first things I did is I got onto the store and I started looking for apps that I could use for various family history tasks. So Mm -hmm. this is a topic I know is very near and dear to your heart. Can you tell us a little (laughs) bit about, um, apps you recommend, um, that are free for genealogists? And of course, please also tell us about your upcoming webinar on using your iPad for genealogy. You bet. Well, you know, it, it all started with the writing of my book. Um, which is turn your iPad into a genealogy powerhouse. And it's actually really your iPad or a tablet because we also give the Android tablet equivalent apps and, and recommendations. And I wrote that book because I had gotten my iPad and I found myself not really making full use of it, not really knowing what direction to go. And so I really just dug in there and did a lot of online research and um, found a lot of tips and tricks and great apps. And one of the first things I really discovered, and that's something that we're going to go into in the webinar, is that while we get used to typing in the keyword genealogy or family tree, and we think of it as, you know, that's going to pop up all these wonderful apps, there are genealogy-related apps. But in reality, it's really what's the task you're trying to do. And, and you mentioned it yourself, that trying to find apps to accomplish tasks. And that means we very quickly move out of the genealogy universe as far as apps go. So we'll, we'll go into that in more depth and we'll talk about the webinar in a second. But I want to mention, first off, if you're going in the genealogy route with the genealogy keyword search, that one of the newest apps you're going to find is Roots Magic. They finally have come out with their app. Everybody's very excited Fantastic. if you're a Roots Magic user. Yes. The first version, you can view your um, tree and interact with it. It doesn't certainly have the full-blown capabilities that the software program does in terms of editing and adding information. But, you know, everything's a process and evolving. But, boy, is it wonderful to have have it in a Roots Magic format right there on your tablet. So you can always refer to it on the road. But then from there, I say we kind of need to move away from the genealogy world. And I want to mention an app that I love, which is called Flipboard. Oh, tell us about it. Yeah, Flipboard.com is the website. The app is just called Flipboard in the App Store. You, you sign up for a free account. Why would I want to use this for genealogy? Well, what it does is it literally like creates a little customized booklet or magazine or, or blog reader right on your tablet. So when you follow a blog like um, oh, Diane Haddad's, you know, the Genealogy Insider, or if you like to watch the Genealogy Gems YouTube channel or the Family Tree Magazine YouTube channel, you've got all these different resources that you've come to enjoy and trust online. You can take their RSS codes, put those feeds into Flipboard, and now you've 
brought them all together in one place. And you can flip through them and they, it looks like a beautiful magazine. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's all that great content and those people that you like to follow online um, coming together in one free app. That sounds really neat. Yeah, it, it's awesome. I love it. And I use it, of course, for beyond genealogy, but I have my genealogy section. I have my homemaking section. I have, you know, all being a grandparent, you know, the things I like to follow. But the other thing I would mention is YouTube. I think YouTube is so underutilized by genealogists and they have come out with a newly revised, really nice app that, that is very nice to work with. And I would say when you're looking for an answer to a question and you need it kind of quick and you need to kind of see it, that's the place to go. All the big players are out there. Ancestry, Family Search. Seems like everybody's got a YouTube channel these days. I know I do, Genealogy Gems, and certainly Family Tree Magazine does. YouTube is the place to go. Plug in some of those keywords, and you're going to find almost always some video that addresses some of the questions that you have or things that you're working on or or just to see what other family historians are working on. I, I just think it's wonderful. It takes advantage of that beautiful screen display that you got in the tablet. It sure is beautiful, and that's a great tip. Well, let's go back to your webinar. Tell us a little bit more about that. That's going to be happening at the end of the month, right? Exactly. June 27th. And uh, we'll have all the details in the show notes. But I have been looking forward to doing this with Family Tree Magazine because it just, I'm amazed as I travel to different conferences, how many people are carrying around tablets already. I mean, it has just taken off like wildfire. So in this um, one hour live webinar that we're going to do, we are going to cover from start to finish how do you approach it? How to think about it? I call them the tablet mindset. What are the apps that are going to accomplish the different things um, that you want to accomplish in your research? And then taking it one step further into how do I use this thing to its full potential? Because as you know, it doesn't come with a nice big instruction booklet. <laughs> so Definitely but, not for genealogy. Exactly. And and so often we find ourselves working a little too hard to try to accomplish something. So I'm going to show you some really neat bells and whistles and tips and tricks that are built into your tablet that you may not know that it can do for you and how they fit right into family history research. That's great. And for those of you who want an iPad and don't have one, maybe this will be your justification for getting your spouse to let you buy one. <laughs> exactly. For, you'll finally be able to answer the question, well, why would you need that and what could it do? That I can answer for you. Well, fantastic. Everyone should look forward to that. Again, it's, um, it's coming up at the end of this month and we'll have the link to register in the show notes. Sounds great. I will look forward to seeing all of you there. And uh, hey, Allison, thanks for a nice interview. Thank you, Lisa. It was great. In this 101 Best Websites for Tracing Your Roots segment, I've asked genealogy author and instructor Gina Philibert Ortega to join me to take us on a tour of one of her favorite websites, Heritage Quest Online. Welcome back to the show, Gina. Thanks for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you being here, and I kind of wanted to start with one of the unique aspects of Heritage Quest Online, which is getting access. This is a little different than a lot of other genealogy websites. Tell us where we're going to find it. Sure. It is available through an institution. It is not an individual subscription, so you cannot subscribe to it. 
So what you're going to do is you're going to want to see if your local public library has a subscription to Heritage Quest Online. Now, if you don't know, many public libraries have various subscription sites, including Ancestry Library Edition. And so this might be one that they subscribe to. And if you're not sure, what I would recommend is one of two things. One is go to your library website, and usually there's a tab for databases. And obviously, you can also ask the librarian there. The other place is if you go to Dick Eastman's Encyclopedia of Genealogy, he has a page for Heritage Quest Online with links to uh, subscribing libraries throughout the United States. Right, which is a great way to check it out first. But of course, you never know, those databases come and go. So of course, just giving a quick call to your reference librarian or like you say, checking your local library website is a great way to figure that out. Um, This is a site I know that is uh, produced and sponsored by ProQuest. And um, as you said, it's institutions that are subscribing to it. So let's say we go to our local library and we're lucky enough that they do carry it. Um, What kinds of record collections are we going to find? Well, what you're going to find is a few standard um, databases that most of us use quite often. One is they do have a U.S. Census collection. Now, all of what they have in general is for American sources, so that's important to know. They do have a U.S. Census collection that's for the entirety of the U.S. Census from 1790 to 1940. Now, this is a little different than what most people are used to because it's indexed by head of household. So um, one of the important things I think uh, to remember when you're using Heritage Quest for the census is Sometimes different sites, they index things differently. And what you might not find on one site, you might find easily on another. The other thing is to remember is that sometimes I've even seen a difference in the quality of images from site to site. So that's why having access to more than one site that carries the U.S. Census is so important. So that's one thing that you can find on Heritage Quest Online. Now, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite databases is Percy. And Percy is the Periodical Source Index. And what this is, is this is done by Allen County Public Library, where they index historical and genealogical newsletters and journals. And that's what Percy is. It's an index of articles. Now, Heritage Quest has the most updated version of Percy. It has over 2.3 million records from 6,500 genealogy and local history periodicals. So that's quite a bit. And it covers the U.S. and Canada. So I really, really recommend this uh, above all else, to be honest, Lisa, because Percy is such an important resource and many of us forget to use it. Is that a database that that might be available on other sites as well, or is this fairly unique to your Heritage Quest Online? It is available on one other site, and that is Ancestry. And so you can search it on Ancestry as well. My understanding is, uh, from asking Ancestry about it, is that Heritage Quest actually has the most recent version. Now, uh, recent meaning stuff from the last year or so. So you can access it on Ancestry and then obviously also on Heritage Quest Online. Now, the other thing that they have that I love is books. Oh, yeah. 
And, you know, we're so lucky. I remember when it used to be that Heritage Quest was one of the only places to find digitized books. And obviously now we have many other places. But they do have a book collection. It spans five centuries. There's over 28,000 books. And those are family history books as well as local history books. And so you can search by a person's name by a place or a publication title, and then you can view it right there on Heritage Quest. And as I understand it, we're looking at uh, over 25,000, probably but closer to 28,000 family and local history books on there. Yes, yes. And, and that's broken down to 10,000 family histories and over 13,000 local histories. Fantastic. Now, I know there's a couple of other uh, data collections. Mention those real quickly so we kind of have a full sense of what they, they have available there. Sure. There's the Freedmen's Bank records that they have. They also have Revolutionary War pension and bounty land warrants. And lastly, uh, a little used uh, database is the U.S. serial set. Includes what memorials and um, private relief actions of the U.S. Kind of a little eclectic mix of records there. It does. It includes petitions that people made, and this is from 1789 to 1969. And you know, in some cases, you can find mentions of your ancestor and their military pension. You know, uh, I think people had much more access to their to their government leaders during that time period. And so you might see individual people mentioned, which can be really interesting. This is a very unique website and resource for genealogists and one that you definitely don't want to miss, particularly next time you make a trip to the library. Again, it's Heritage Quest Online. Ask for it at your local library. And Gina, thank you very much for giving us kind of the big picture overview. This is one of those resources that, you know, we kind of falls by the wayside, but um, still could have that one little gem that, that we're looking for. That's right. And Lisa, best of all, it's free. Oh, we love that. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gina. Great talking to you. Thanks for having me. If you find a website that has great free genealogical information on it that you need, but you can't seem to figure out how to use it or how to access the data, how free is it really? Sometimes it's worth the investment in education to make sure that you're getting the most out of the resources that are available to you. In this Family Tree University Crash Course segment, we're going to talk about one of the courses that we offer here at Family Tree University, and it's Become a Family Search Power User. Family Search, of course, is one of those uh, free websites, but getting to know how to really use it effectively is key to success. Here to talk more about it is Tyler Moss, and he's the online editor at Family Tree Magazine. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Well, Tyler, I know that Family Search, of course, is one of the first websites we go to. It's at FamilySearch.org. Lots and lots of free information there, but it's grown and it's recently changed. And I know that that means that there's a lot of um, getting up to speed to do. And in this course, I know that you, you really help the students really become a power user, really be able to know how, where to find what you're looking for. Tell us what kinds of things are, are deep within that website that we might need some help with. Um, right. Well, obviously, a lot changed with the relaunch of the course. You have all sorts of new features like fan charts, just the general interface is different. You've got um, different ways to insert pictures here and there. A lot of really cool stuff. 
It's definitely a neat course that really takes you inside. Well, give us some examples. What are some of the key strategies that are taught in this course that are going to make us a stronger user of FamilySearch? Absolutely. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today was um, searching within the IGI. Of course, that's the International Genealogical Index, um, which is one of the site's most useful resources on family search. The IGI contains more than 669 million family history records from two sources mainly, the community contributed records, which are personal family information, which is submitted to the LDS Church and is a good source for clues, but also contain many errors. Of course, you also have community index records, which are mostly births and marriages copied from church registers and vital records, which uh, serve as an index to reliable primary sources. Um, the record search form on the Family Search homepage covers many databases at the same time, including the IGI's community index records, but it doesn't cover the community contributed records. To search those, you have to select the IGI in the list of historical records collections on Family Search, and it's through there that you can search either or both parts of the IGI. You can also narrow your IGI search to a specific place, such as a town, county, state, or country. It's a pretty cool tool. That is such a great point that starting with the main search box doesn't mean you're necessarily going to access everything that's possibly available to you. So I guess it's better understanding what is there, how you get to it, and understand the different channels that you get to it. What are some of the other tips that you share there in the class? Um, Well, just another tip about the IGI here. I was just going to make the point that In general, the IGI is just an index, so you should refer to the original records for more details. Um, As always, you know, we always say refer to the originals if you can, if you have the ability. For example, you could find the names of sponsors on a baptismal record and the names of witnesses on a marriage record or different information that you might not find in the actual indexing. So to access the original records, make a note of the source's film number cited in, like, an IGI record, and that's how you're going to be able to get there and see if there's something you would be missing otherwise. And, of course, you can take that um, film or source information and go into the library area of FamilySearch and be able to track it down. You know, maybe that's a film that you could borrow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Any other tips that uh, you can give us to help us get started right away? Um, I think it's just also important to remember that there's a way to focus your searches on a town or even a specific church and still get comprehensive results. Um, You know, records extracted from the same source, such as a church's christening or marriage records are assigned batch numbers. And you can search on these batch numbers and still get those specific search results you're looking for and not kind of um, phase yourself out of a good, strong load of search results. Exactly. The the batch number is actually kind of a a portal into that entire area of records where um, I know I've done searches before where I find the initial ancestor, but then when I go back in through the batch and look at that whole collection, you start to see other names popping up that are related to that family. So it's that cluster research idea. Exactly. It's like the back door into your ancestors, you know, extra names and different things you might not find otherwise. Exactly. Well, obviously great strategies right there that we can use right off the bat. Tell us more about the course when it's offered, how we get involved with it, uh, how long it takes. Um, The course itself is a four-week course. Um, It is instructed by Lisa Alzo, and it was written by Rick Kroom, who is actually our um, Family Tree Magazine kind of tech expert, so he spends plenty of time on family search researching, and especially, you know, went in depth as soon as the relaunch occurred to kind of figure out all the ins and outs of the new relaunch. Um, We've got all sorts of new courses starting soon. We've got a course starting on, let's see, July 15th. We've got a new course starting. We also have another one starting on August 12th, and so... 
there's a couple different sessions coming up, and um, there's one that, of course, started on June 6th or June 17th, which is still um, up for enrollment if you want to join now. Right. And, and for those of you listening down the road, we're talking 2013, but of course, you can get the most current schedule at FamilyTreeUniversity.com. This course we've been talking about and getting tips from Tyler on is called Become a Family Search Power User. And certainly with all of the changes going on at Family Search, and we I know I saw a lot of them firsthand uh, at Roots Tech when they were first introducing this, there's a lot to learn, even if you have been using Family Search for a while. So this class is going to get you right back up and running at full speed. Sounds great, Tyler. Thank you so much, of course, for sharing all the great tips. We'll talk to you next month. <laughs> Thanks for having me. As we wrap up this June 2013 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, let's check in at the publisher's desk with Allison Dolan. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lisa. You know, we've had a lot of fun in this episode. We've been uncovering, of course, some of the hidden genealogical freebies that are out there. Um, but I know that there are still a few more that we can tap into. And as I understand it, you've got a special collection of them for us. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, in June on shopfamilytree.com, our ultimate collection for the month is focused on our best free genealogy websites. And what that means is basically the free websites that we've been talking about in this episode, as well as some others, we're going to help you make the most of those resources so that you can really tap into the free data that's out there on the web um, and not waste a lot of time or a lot of money um, tapping into resources that you don't really need or making sure that you can actually find something on those websites once you start searching. Exactly. Like I know um, part of this collection, you've got a video on using the Internet Archive. So while it's wonderful to know that the Internet Archive is out there and it's got free information that we can tap into, it's the tapping into it part. How do we do that? And I know the video does a wonderful job of really explaining it. So you're not actually losing a lot of time trying to get a hold of some of the freebies that are out there. Um, It's kind of a a balancing act, isn't it, of... uh, getting the best values that you can while also um, making the best use of your time. Exactly. As they say, time is money. And so any time-saving tools that you can have um, to help you make the most of these websites is certainly a value. Um, you know, we also talk about FamilySearch.org. That's a great site full of data. And really, though, there's so much there that it can be hard to find exactly what you're looking for. And so what we've tried to focus on with our class in this kit is to help you navigate the new site since it recently relaunched and um, clue you into where you can find what you're looking for so that you can really um, get the data on your ancestors and not waste a lot of time looking at databases that aren't relevant to you. Oh, so that sounds great. And of course, they're also going to get um, the digital copy of my article that we talked about in the top tips segment with lots of freebies in there. And you've got that 101 best website list that came out a couple of years ago. What, what else is in the kit? Well, we also know, of course, that RootsWeb is a very popular free website, and we've got the official guide to RootsWeb included in the kit. And something, um, a tool that I think is really exploding in popularity with genealogists is Evernote, the note-taking utility, which is really Mm -hmm. about more than just taking notes. So um, we have a video class included that will show you how to really apply that to your genealogy. It's definitely worth watching. Great. And now this comes out in June. So at the time that they're um, first listening to this podcast, it's already in the store. 
It's called the Ultimate Collection Free Genealogy Websites. Is that right? That's right. And so we'll look for it in Shop Family Tree. You can head to the show notes and you'll get a link that'll take you directly to it uh, in the in the uh, store. Well, that sounds great because I think you're absolutely right. It's like, um, you know, not everything in genealogy is free, but there are some good things. And yet there's so much value into learning how to use them the right way, the most effective way. And that's a lot of what you're going to be learning in this kit. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me for this June 2013 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast the monthly show from America's number one genealogy magazine. Here are a couple of action items for you until we meet here again next month. First, I hope you will check out my article in the May-June 2013 issue of Family Tree Magazine. It's called Family History Freebies, and that's where you're going to find all 41 of my recommendations in the areas of charts and graphs, photos and images, desktop software, and mobile apps. And you can order the paper or electronic file of the issue at shopfamilytree.com. Next, head on over to familytreemagazine.com slash podcast to find the show notes for this episode, which will include information and website links for everything that we've covered in today's episode, including the Heritage Quest online website, information on how to get registered for the Become a Family Tree Power User course, and of course, everything else that we've covered. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and I invite you to visit me at my website, genealogygems.com. There you're going to find my free podcast, the Genealogy Gems Podcast, and that's also available for free through iTunes. So until next time, have fun climbing your family tree.